Yeah, that's a good point. You know, we're talking about making disciples who make disciples. You know, your mission team, you know, you're discipling each other um, throughout that whole week, whether you realize it or not. Um, so it's a good, good point there that it's not just what we're going to do and to serve. It's that bond and friendship. Can I say, yeah, yeah. Um, I just wanted to say that, you know, you go on mission trips thinking that you are going to do something there wherever you're going, but on the flip side to that, God's working on you as well, that it's just as much about what you're learning and how God is growing you as well as what you're doing for the people there. Yeah, along with that, next question. So, I know all of you probably prepare different, differently when you go to serve on a trip, when you prepare to go in on a Sunday morning at the prison ministry. So what's the best way to prepare physically, mentally, and spiritually as you engage and however you're going to engage? Um, so going to Guinea-Bissau, you would think you would want to prepare physically, but I'll be perfectly honest that I didn't do anything different than I normally do. <laughs> Um, mentally, um, I, I, I thought about that long and hard. Um, first of all, I thought, just make the decision to go. Um, and once you make that decision to go, God will take care of the rest. He will prepare you mentally for what he needs you to do there. And then the other thing that I thought about was, um, really learn about where you're going, learn about their culture, um, the, the last thing you want to do is go to a place and offend them, um, unintentionally, but offend them. And if you go and you know what their um, customs are, what they like, what they don't like, what they believe religiously as well, um, then you can go a long way towards becoming friends with them um, and not just shouting a message at them. You have, to, you have to live with them and get to know them. And that's here, there, anywhere you go. Um, and then spiritually, um, know what you believe. If you don't know what you believe, how are you going to share that message with someone else? So know what your foundations are. And then, I, I know it sounds cliche, but pray. And normally what I would pray is... Um, let me see everybody that I meet as you do, God, um, as somebody that needs a Savior. Because then you're not going to discriminate against anybody. You're going to share your message with everybody. And again, that's across the board. Here, at work, wherever you go. Um, use me. Let me get out of the way of you. And let others see Jesus through me. So, it really is as simple as just preparing your mind in the mind frame of use me. Let me be a vessel for you. Um, a lot of what you just shared it applies to me as well. But also, um, I tend to be a planner. I'm a list maker. I prepare. I go in. This is what we're going to do. And, yeah, it doesn't work that way. No. So I have to remember to just allow the Holy Spirit. It is not me. It is nothing that I'm doing. I'm just there. And I have to kind of let go maybe of some of what I have prepared and just let the Holy Spirit lead. I'm constantly reminded of that. But for me, I have to be on my knees 
because some of the things that I am asked, um, I get contacted from uh, the wives reach out to me, the mamas reach out to me, um, and those can be those can be difficult uh, conversations to have um, when they share what their son or their husband is, what their struggle is. Um, so uh, just constantly, I know it sounds cliche, but you just, for me, I have to be prayed up when I walk in um, because there have been times when I've sensed a great evil um, inside. I don't want to freak anybody out, but, um, you know, uh, just prayed up. Well, back to fact, it, I prepare a little bit differently depending on whether I'm going on disaster relief or going on a ramp. Like, but one thing that comes to mind with both of them is you're, you're there to, whether it's on disaster relief or building a ramp, that's the secondary mission. Like, you're there mainly to reach the person and serve the person. And, like, when I'm, yeah, like, if you're going on disaster relief, bring extra socks. <laughs> And, you know, go back to something he said there. A lot of times, you know, we're out, whether it be a ramp or disaster relief or we're on a uh, construction trip, you know, somewhere. And our job and our focus is, okay, we got to get this done. We got to get this done. We got to get this done. But then the homeowner's standing right there, like dying to carry on a conversation. There's been times you've had to just say, hey, let's just stop what we're doing and let's go sit down and have a conversation. So flexibility is the key. You may have something and, you know, I'm a, hey, this is our goal. Hey, we're going to finish it. We're going to get it done. But, you know, if we get it done but we neglect taking the time while we're truly there, um, then we've defeated the purpose. So good point, Caleb. Anybody else? Preparation? I had something else to say. Like, I remember in Disaster Relief last time, we never quite finished that house. Like, if we had been, like, if we had pushed through, and, yeah, probably worked long to the night, we'd have finished it. But but we got to stop and talk to God, pray and pray over him, and that was one of the most powerful things from the trip. Like, not finishing the job, talking with the guy. Well, with my first trip being to Kenya, uh, I prayed a lot before I went, and then on the plane there, I was a nervous wreck because I had never flew much. Then we get there. And and that's a short flight. Oh, that's a short flight, yes. <laughs> short flight. Uh, then we get there, and our flight from Nairobi up to South Orr, the pilot has his window open, his arm out smoking, we land on a dirt runway. The first thing he says when he gets off the plane, we need to trim these trees. It's not safe to land here. <laughs> then me and Billy Freeman get volunteered to go through the brush and clean out the limbs that you couldn't see your feet in. So after all of that trip, my preparation is, ain't nothing bad going to happen. Let's go. Uh, but as, I don't know, it's just, it's one of them things, it don't matter, and I don't know if this is the right answer to your question, 
But it don't matter if you think you're able to go, want to go, don't want to go. I'll assure you, if you go on one mission trip, it won't be your last one. It will change you. It draws you, as I said, it draws you closer to the people that you are with, which in turn will make your church stronger because the people in the church grows closer together. Uh, they are an amazing thing to do. Just be willing. So a couple of y'all have touched on this already, um, and Wayne Therese is not here, so you, I guess, say whatever, but... So as spouses, and Shelley, I know Patrick's been with you a few times too. So going and serving together, how has that impacted your relationship together once you return home? Any thoughts on that? Well, since my wife's not here, I can answer this. And no. um, So any time I have an opportunity to, um, to travel with my wife, uh, I, I feel like it's an opportunity for us to grow closer. Um, but um, on a mission trip, that closeness is expanded 10 times um, because we're not there to hang out on, on the beach. We're not there for our own, you know, personal guilty pleasures. You know, we're, we're there serving the Lord. Um, and, you know, as a, as a husband and, a, and as a father, uh, you know, there's no greater command for me than to do that, uh, to, to lead my family and, and to have my wife there experiencing those type things that, that I had had the opportunity to experience beforehand. It has definitely made uh, our, our relationship, our marriage that much stronger. Uh, and it's, it's, it's one of the best things that, that we've ever done uh, as a couple. I think for me, um, it's made us to where we want to do more together. Um, I went on several mission trips before Johnny ever agreed to go on one. Um, and I think that it's, um, we, my husband, I will say that, has a passion for New York. And that Craven does not. Other than I like to go on there and go to do the coats in the city. I'm not a baseball person. I will not go in the 90-some degree weather. It will not happen. <laughs> um, but his passion for New York, I think, has grown, has helped us to grow closer together in doing coats for the city. If you don't know what coats for the city is, is North Carolina Baptist men collect um, coats here in North Carolina, ship them up to New York, and we go up there in December, and, and we give them out. The place that we were at in the Bronx this past time, was an eye-opening experience for all of us um, because we were in a very heavy populated drug area. And I will tell you that us and the Hunts both now have a bigger passion for the Bronx because we all went together. Um, we saw people overdosing in the parks, on the streets, um, standing there with needles hanging out their arms. Um, it's a rough area, but I believe God is using that area to draw us closer. Um, not just me and Johnny, but us, the Hunts. Um, our daughter, Lauren, she um, went with us. And it's, like I said, it's very eye-opening. Um, but when you go separate mission trips, you grow in a different direction. But when you go together and with your family, you grow together. And then it also makes it easier to do more things at home together than to, 
you know, to do a part, um, even though you are involved in different kind of ministries. Um, but it's helped us to just kind of see things of what else can we do together. Yeah, and um, I went to Guinea-Bissau before Patrick did, and if he if he had had his way about it, he would never have gone. Um, when I went the first time, unbeknownst to me, he thought I was crazy. Um, he supported me 100% um, in my passion to go, um, but in his brain, he said, never will I go. Well, one year later, he was on his first trip to Guinea-Bissau, and then I think it was a year later, we actually went together, and we've been together twice um, to Guinea-Bissau, and like Annette said, um, when you go on different mission trips, he's been to Romania and Moldova, I think, as well, multiple times, um, which I've never been on, and you still you still talk about your experiences, but when you go together and you experience that together, you have a common mission at that point. It, 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 it brings you closer together in what you do here as well. And just a side note, he doesn't think I'm crazy anymore, <laughs> at least not about getting Bissell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so as we get ready to wrap up here, Kathy, just tell us a little bit. Um, you've already kind of shared what you do at prison ministry, but, you know, that's something right here in our own backyard how can someone here say, hey, how can I help be involved with prison ministry? Well, I'll, I'll start with the simple things before I get to the really big thing. Um, definitely need board members. Uh, could use, use some more people on our board of directors. Uh, need your prayers. Um, these men are coming home, whether we want to believe that or not. And they're going to be your neighbor. They might be. Um, they might be sitting beside of you in church next Sunday. So it's important we have them for such a short period of time. Um, so I could use volunteers that would go in with me on Friday nights, uh, maybe a couple volunteers um, on a Sunday morning that would like to go in. Um, also, the guys need sponsors to sponsor them out. So some of them that are at a certain level uh, are able to leave the prison. So women can't, women can't do that. So I need men who could maybe be a sponsor, bring a guy to church on Sunday morning, take him out to lunch, maybe take him to get his driver's license. So those are some simple things. Uh, but I'll share really quickly. Um, I visited uh, a program in South Carolina last week. Um, it is a subdivision of transitional homes. Uh, it will house, when it's completely finished, it'll house 50 to 75 folks who are transitioning from prison to life on the outside. Um, I have a dream that we're going to have a transitional facility and not just a facility, but I can see us having an entire subdivision somewhere in Davidson County uh, or surrounding area where we can help these. Uh, I work with the men, but men or women, when they first come out, believe it or not, a lot of them come out into homelessness. And uh, they need a place when they first get out. So if you got some land that you just want to give away, uh, I'll, I'll take that. But uh, volunteers in any way, yes. All right. Thank you. All right, so, you know, we could go on tonight, and I know there's a lot of different other stories, and, but hopefully you've just kind of got a glimpse of various age groups, 
personalities, talents, abilities, and what God has called some of these up here to, to do. And hopefully maybe tonight it's kind of, okay, sparked your brain. Okay, what, you know, Johnny had this idea of just feeding football team meals, you know. You may have something out there, you think, eh, I don't know, that's a silly idea. You know, if God is speaking to you, go with it. You know, it, it, it can definitely make a difference. And, um, um, you know, nothing is too outside of the box um, for Christ, for sure, to use you. So tonight, you've heard from prison ministry and ways you could plug in there. Um, I do on the table, as on the back wall as you go out tonight, I have our church trips for 2023 um, out there. There's about half of them, three-fourths of them, that actually have confirmed dates, months, what we're doing, job at hand. There's a few as we get on later into the summer and late next year that we're still kind of ironing out some dates and that sort of stuff. Um, but those are out there. But um, if you grab one, look at it, pray through it. If you have questions, my email's at the bottom of it. Call me here at the church office. If any of those, you say, hey, that's, that's me. I'm interested. Let me know. That don't put you in pen, okay? That just puts you on a radar that, hey, when we're getting ready to have that interest meeting that Wayne did not want to attend, I'll make sure you get contacted. In addition to it being promoted on the screens and whatnot, I will send you, hey, we're having our first meeting. You want to come hear more about it? Come on, okay? So that's what that's about. But going back to the coach real quickly, that one is upon us, December first through the fourth. So I've have 10 people already without even promoting it wanting to go. They like to keep the team at eight. We're already over it. So I called up um, the Baptist State Convention. I said, so what if I bring 16 and we split up into two teams? And they said, bring them on. So I've got six spots that I need to fill by December 1st. Um, it's about 500 bucks. Um, it'll cover your lodging, your Metro card, um, airfare, um, as they shared, we're taking coats, and you'll basically stand out on the street corners. You'll be partnered with a church. Um, we're with Graffiti 2 again and a Bengali church um, this year. So, um, And basically on that Saturday, you'll go come alongside of these churches and help distribute winter coats to the homeless. Um, some places offer them coffee. Some people uh, places offer them um, scripture material in their language, if it needs to be, whatever. Um, just a great opportunity. Um, and plus, you'll also get a little time to see a little bit of New York City. So if you're interested in that, I need to know like ASAP because we need to get flights booked and lodging. But I do have six spots, and that's one right on the horizon, okay? Um, Guinea-Bissau, hopefully Shelly didn't scare you too much with that one. That's the next one in January that very soon we're going to have to start moving on. Um, I've got three right now, so we could use a few more. So uh, anyway, those are just a couple, but you can see those as you go out. And, and Lee, I'll be happy to talk to anybody if they are interested in getting Bissau about okay. like logistic details and things yeah, like that. Yeah, she's got a book on what to pack. And so, yeah, <laughs> literally, yes. Um, but just real quickly, you know, so maybe your next step is there, you know, okay, is it one of these trips? Is it? reaching out to Kathy with prison ministry, or is it me just going into my workplace and engaging with someone? You know, as Wayne said, that Darius, who remembered him from last year, going back to when we defined engage, one of the um, part of that def definition was establish a meaningful um, contact or connection. And, you know, maybe that's your first step with that coworker or um, that person in your neighborhood. 
Um, so however, however, God is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It gets back to that, that bind and real. Yeah, that bind and those friendships. So real quickly, and I'll, I'll wrap up here, a um, couple things, and once again, I can go into more detail about this. You know, if you're looking at possibly, hey, one of these trips may be for me, first thing you better do is check your passport, okay? <laughs> um, I'm not sure the renewal time or the time to get a new one now. I want to say about six to eight weeks, roughly. Um, Maybe not quite that long. I just had mine renewed, and I don't think it okay. took quite I think they might have finally caught back up. So, but it's not just like get it tomorrow, okay? Unless that did happen, and it was a God thing last year for one of our trips. But um, yeah, <laughs> that's right. So, uh, but see me, I can tell you how to do that. Um, also, if you want to stay stateside, um, I'll, you don't need a passport. You just need your, your ID. And effective May of 2023. If you're like me and I've got the old license that's got tape across it, it's cracked, you can't really see my picture, and it's not the real ID with the gold star, um, you can't travel. So you have to have that real ID and gold star starting in May of 2023. To so, fly. Uh, to fly. To fly, yes, to fly. And then, of course, there's some trips that require, example, Guinea-Bissau, yellow fever vaccine, um, up-to-date on your basic MMRs and that sort of thing. But once again, as we have those interest meetings, that's when we can go through some of that. Um, and uh, just overall conditions, depending on the trip. You know, as she said, Guinea-Bissau, it, it's a rough area. New York, it's a ton of walking. Um, so you have to kind of weigh those things out. But I would just encourage you to go and lead um, as the way God is leading you. And um, I just want to close out real quickly with this one-minute video of Ronald that Caleb was talking about, and this kind of sums up, this is why we do what we do. I was just absolutely devastated when I walked in my home as the rain was still rising and seeing I had water 36 inches roughly in my house. When I'm so high, I never was really worried about a flood. Once I walked in my home, just like my whole world, just kind of like, wow, what is going on here? Because I've never seen water in my home. I've never been through a devastation like this. Didn't know what to say. I just stood there for a minute. I was just so, so exhausted. I just didn't even know what to say and still don't know what to say. Only thing I can say is I thank you guys for coming out and helping me the way you guys have. Good morning, young man. Good morning. Doing okay? This morning, I come pulled up, seeing them people here. Uh, I just stopped, took a breath. I mean, I don't feel like I've took a good breath since the day that I walked in the door to rescue my dogs to see my house was destroyed. 
But you know what? Uh, this morning, I just took a big, deep breath and just, I mean, just don't know the weight that was lifted this morning off me thanks to you guys. Oh, you guys was great. You guys are my angels. Uh, I never knew I had them. I do. I do got angels. Them ain't shirts. They're my wings. You guys spend all day to, to do what you guys have done. You know, you guys got things you could be doing right now. You guys don't got to be here. But you know what? God sent you here. I love you guys, man. I really do. Thank you. Well, hey, I want to, uh, I jumped up here because I, I wanted to share just briefly. I know we've got like five minutes. Um, when we started Guinea-Bissau, one of the things I want to encourage you with is the importance of prayer um, for these trips. So even if you're not, I'm not going on a trip, grab one, pick one, and start praying for that trip now. Um, a great example of that, um, Rebecca Pentecost, who is now no doubt with the Lord, and if she has her chance, she's going to tell him what to do. But she is with the Lord, and uh, she passed away last year, and um, one of our uh, just incredible senior adults, and I'll never forget, she walked up to me about a year after we adopted Guinea-Bissau and the Bajaninka people, Bajadera, all these different names that they have for themselves. And she walked up to me and she had this, if you knew Rebecca, you just, you just, you just got to know her. She has a newspaper in hand. She goes, do you see this? I mean, just like that. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm scared, right? Do you see this? And I said, well, what is it? And she had this highlighter and it had circled and it said, Guinea-Bissau political uprising. She said, that's our country. That's our people. I've been praying for them. Right? That, that's, no, it's not getting in a plane for somebody who was 78 years old probably at the time. That's missions. That's engaging people in the way that she can engage people. And she got it. She got it 